Blog Talk Radio. Delighted to have you here with us today, whether live or across time, listening to us on the podcast. We may talk a little bit about what that means today. I am Susan Larison Dance. I am your host. Thank you for being here. And in a moment, I will bringing I will be bringing on the line our guest, which is Jim Self today, and. It's such a delight to be bringing Jim back onto the program. He's actually a person who was on this show quite early, and this show's been on the air since 2010. So it really helps me to reflect on the time that has progressed since this show began. Um, Jim is the author of multiple books, and Jim is one of these people who lives in what many would call the material world and also the higher dimensional or multidimensional world, and we'll be talking about that today. Jim just released a new book called A Course in Mastering Alchemy, and I will tell you, I have already begun to work with this book. It is a book that um, I had to laugh about because I was thinking the other day about how I feel like I'm in graduate school. And this book then arrived in the mail right in response. And this book, although it is very approachable, it is not um, something that requires an advanced degree to understand, is like a step-by-step-by-step guide, like a book that we would have seen um, in many parts of our education. And this time we're educating ourselves to live more fully and more connected and with more awareness. Um, Jim, he has taught worldwide for many, many years. He really is a master teacher, and he's consciously aware and connected to higher energy and higher input, and we'll be talking about that too, angelic guidance. Jim has done many um, interesting things in the material world, so to speak. At a very young age, at the age of 26, he was on the San Jose, California City Council, twice elected, and he became vice mayor. He even was asked by President Jimmy Carter to be an advisor and the director of governmental operations for the Department of Energy. And he has built and sold successfully two corporations. 
He's the founder and board chairman of A Third, and as I've said, he's written many books. And um, his website is MasteringAlchemy.com, which I invite you to visit. And I am just so really joyous, I guess, is the world. The word, yeah, the world is joyous, too, to bring Jim Self on the line. Hi, Jim. Hi, Susan. Very nice to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Well, and I'm very happy to have you here, too, because I feel that what you're bringing to us right now, Jim, um, it's just going to help a wide range of people, no matter where we are on this this path we called life, which is also a spiritual path. So so maybe um, we should start, and I do want to recognize your co-author, too, um, Roxanne Burnett, as well, of this book. But let's start a little bit with um, you know, how you came to write this book, what its purpose is, and how it's meant to be used. Well, I have to go back quite a ways to do that in a in a, in a manner. Uh-huh. In my in my lifetime, like a lot of people, you you come into the body, you have this awareness of yourself, and then you begin to listen to mom, dad, teacher, minister, who say we have a better idea, and because yeah. you come into the body to experience it, a lot of what you know in your spiritual space, which are where you came from you turn away from or you forget. And a lot of the, what people will call spiritual abilities, many people call them psychic abilities, those abilities come with the body, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, telepathy, and you use them all day long. But because we don't pay attention in that context or ever have anybody defining what it is that I'm experiencing, there's no sense or awareness of the value of those things. In my space growing up, there is an aspect where I've always had this inner voice that has kind of guided me, like everybody does. What happens to most, though, when the mom, dad, teacher, ministers say, here, I have a better idea, we begin to look externally. We begin to listen to what they say, whoever that they are. And then the rational mind begins to come into the game, and the rational mind, our thinker, is really all about keeping you safe and having you fit in. And so when you start to experience the world, quite often you run into that internal guidance system that you're about to do something, and it says, I don't think so. This isn't the best idea. And you either listen to it and then realize inevitably that it was correct virtually 100% of the time, or you jump off the bridge and you realize, oh, that probably wasn't a good idea. And so we wind up in this conflict, and the conflict generally brings about, if I do what's in the inner guidance system, I don't fit in with them out there. And so we shut down this inner guidance system. We stop listening to it, and we begin to pay attention to them. Most people are uncomfortable in themselves in numbers of ways, not their life totally, but in numbers of ways. And one of the reasons we're uncomfortable is because we give up our seniority 
to those out there, whether it's peers or bosses or mom, dad, teacher, minister, husband, wife, all of those kind of things. But something happens along the way, and you get handed a lot of gifts, although you don't consider them gifts. Somebody says to you, you're not okay. You're not attractive. You're not smart. You're never going to succeed. You don't deserve, etc." And in pure, real terms, all that's happening is somebody is handing you this gift, if you would. Not a very nice gift, but a gift. But at that point, what we do is we simply accept it. We kind of believe it. We begin to ask a question, what did I do wrong? And we start to analyze it and figure it out. And the odd part of it is we never come up with an answer. What did I do wrong? I mean, you might have done something and somebody says that's not right. But basically, a lot of what we carry around, the baggage we carry around, is somebody else's opinion that many times just had a bad lifetime in that moment. And they don't even ever remember giving you that gift. So like most people, I've bumped around in that all my life. And... But I began to listen more and more to that inner guidance, and that inner guidance was really pretty great because it guided me through kind of my entire journey, both in the material side of it and the spiritual side of it. But how the book and how the course all came along is at one, I have been teaching clairvoyance and these different skill sets and how do you manage your energy? How do you manage yourself? How do you know yourself for many years? But in about 2001, two, three, this inner voice, which had morphed into lots of different types of guidance, basically said from a being that's referred to as Metatron, one of the Archangelics, said, there is a pathway that has never been walked ever. And that pathway will lead you into your own personal evolution and ascension. And it will allow you to hold the door open for many more to step into what we'll talk about in a minute, this fifth dimensional state of well-being. And as those walk into that, the elevation of the earth back to its fully 12th dimensional Christed state of being will come about. And then the next question is, would you like to play? Well, you don't really say to Metatron, hey, I'll get back to you. And so this evolution began to happen that is this course in mastering alchemy. And at some point here we should define mastering alchemy because yes. it's really not about changing lead to gold. It's very much about changing fear into love. It's about managing yourself. It's a skill set, tools, awarenesses, applications, concepts of how to live in these higher dimensions because in the higher dimensions – the word alchemy is really a way of life. It's not an incidental experience. Yes, yes. Oh, so much to respond to here, Jim. And one of the things at the outset that comes to me when I when I think about your own path and these voices, I want to go back for a second to these voices that we hear either presently in our lives or maybe from long ago, is um, that... It has to require, it seems like it requires quite a bit, but I know it requires courage to step out there and and listen and act, like in the way that you have, 
because there are these voices out there that are like, you know, what the heck are you doing? But at the other side of this, and this is something that I've observed, is I have found that the more that we step into this um, this more expansive way of living and, and looking at the world, you will quietly, and I'm curious if this has happened to you, I would imagine, so have people come up to you in mainstream places of life who are like, you know what, I believe that way, or I have always wondered about that, or I saw angels, or I had this experience with angels, or... Um, you know, even I came from a very conservative background, and yet there was this aspect of charismatic Christianity, although I wasn't one. It was around us. Well, a lot of those people have had all kinds of experiences um, that can be translated, that are very similar. Um, it's Absolutely. fascinating. Absolutely. It's just a matter of what you say about alchemy, Jim. Love and fear. You know, I, I have found that you can tumble in energy, if you fall into that fear part, that has personally happened to me. Um, and and then, you know, how do we focus on the love and, and accept these gifts and realize we're not alone, that these people around us who may, that many of us are feeling the same way and maybe we're afraid to say it is what I'm saying. It takes courage to start stepping onto this path, but we're, we may have more people around us doing this at the same time who are receptive to this information. Well, the the aspect of love and the aspect of that internal guidance system is who you are. And so yeah. what coat you want to wear and what game you want to play to to flush it out and to begin to allow it or to deny it is yeah. completely up to the individual. So this sense of spirituality, and I watch a lot of people who play in the game of spirituality. Many of them come from harsh religious backgrounds, or religion never made sense to them, or there was punishment and guilt involved in it. And, you know, you have to follow this path or you're going to hell. To a lot of people, that was very confusing and those people are very spiritual, very Christ conscious, very aware of an aspect of themselves that they're not able to either express, demonstrate, or engage in because they don't like me talking like this, or I might offend them if I say. So the rules in religions, not beating up religions at all, but the rules are such that in, in pretty much real terms, there's two sides to religion. It, a lot of it is power and control and uh, keeping you in line with the game of power and control. And there's a whole other aspect of it, which was very much the whole purpose of, and is purpose of Mastering Alchemy, is the space of getting to know yourself as a spiritually aligned being. Now, the, the challenge and the purpose of the course in Mastering Alchemy and the whole program of Mastering Alchemy is be, is to give you pieces of information that say, here is a, uh, here's a tool. Try this tool. What happened? There's no truth. There's no story. There's no direction. There's no right or wrong answer. What happens when you do this for yourself? 
There is an aspect where people have lots of big gaping holes in their belief system or their, not the belief system, so much as their perception of what spiritual is. Religion doesn't answer a tremendous amount of what is going on. And so when Metatron and Raphael and Jesus, Yeshua and Mother Mary, Anna, the mother of Mother Mary, they all speak in this book. You know, what we did is we set it up so we recorded the conversations between myself and them. And each one of these conversations, which went on for five years in the design and the structuring of the coursework and the information, was really, all right, here's what we want you to know. My job was to step it down, reconfigure it into words that were translatable to an experience, Uh, not some spiritual like, oh, my God, this is so good. An experience that says, oh, I get it. If I, yeah. if I define the edge of my space and I stay on my side, the drama, the fear, the theater becomes exactly that over there, but not running itself through my body. And that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to say that, that something that I find that was freeing for me and helped me as I was stepping into your book as well and, and, you know, just beginning to explore the source work because this is a book that requires time to spend with it. You want to spend time with the exercises and go through it step by step. But this notion, Jim, of where did we come from? Why are we here on this earth? And you refer to it beautifully. I had come across this in a different place years ago, but you have, and it's it's quite a long description of how you describe it, but this notion of we chose to be here. Pick me. I want to be here. I want to be on earth. I want to be having this experience. I want to play. You know, I want to grow. Why am I here? And so it seems like a lot of this flows from that, you know, because these a lot of voices that may say reasons we're here, you know, they impose reality on us. You're here because, you know, we sent you here. You're, you know, you you were made to be here. No, no, we chose. You chose to be, to be here. here, and that's so mm-hmm. important. It's fundamental. Everything seems to flow from that. It's like Eureka for me. That's how it was for me when I first heard that years ago. Um, it, it helped open the doorways. Yeah. So what happens a lot of times you go, why would I choose this? This is fearful. Yeah. People are starving, etc., <laughs> yeah. etc. Et yes, yeah. that's all that that side of it is all true. But you yeah. are uh, you collectively, I'm talking to everybody, are big spiritual beings. You're important, you're significant. You came here to make a difference. And in a way what happened is and you pushed your way to the front of the line and you didn't ask source to send you you demanded source to send you i want to be there at this time because this time is a a astonishing point in time that only comes along every once in a while in a manner of speaking and and so but see this is a where source said no problem happy to send you there but let me explain to you the game see you're going to go down there and you're going to put a bag over your head and you're going to forget who you are and you're going to forget who i am and you're going to bump around in all kinds of 
interesting, tangible, physical, emotional, mental experiences, and you're going to find your way back home. And many of you who demanded to go, you said, I want to make a difference. And you are about to experience what you came here for in what's in front of you in the next 15 years or so. But in that process, there's no weakness. There's no victim. There's no lack. Poor me. Those are all chosen perceptions based on what I said earlier. Somebody said to you, you're not okay. And you believed them. The purpose of the course of work and the purpose of the whole body, the first, if I would say, third of the book is really here are a series of tools that allow you to begin to define yourself, ground yourself, begin to recognize that you can perceive from not only the center of your head, but your heart. There is a higher mind where you begin to think with the higher self perceiving a reality but not engaged in the reality that's that adage of you're in the world but not of the world you begin to define the edge of your energy field and you start to basically recognize i am not that and i don't have to run people's opinions through my space everybody's fear and lack and control domination greed that's a part of the game that I'm choosing here now to kind of just step back from. That doesn't mean you separate from what's going on in the world. It just means you get to from a place of stability, seniority, the vibration in the body of capable and certain, gracious. I choose how to engage with my world rather than following the script that the world basically seems to follow. You see, dimensions are like boxes, to keep it simple. Each box has a rules and structures to it. And we came here and are, have been playing in this kind of third-dimensional box for a great time. It's time to go home. Everything you are doing in this body is beginning to approach going home. And the going home is really the second the, the the second third of the book, which is now that I'm, I'm grounded, present, clear, certain, capable, I can recognize how to discern between what's mine and what's not mine. I can be kind. I can engage or not engage. From that space, you begin to recognize how to put yourself back together. The brain, most everybody understands, you know, 95% of it, doesn't seem to work. Oh, yes, it does. It's just not turned on. The perception that there's a mental body, an emotional body, is never meant to be what was, what is. There aren't two bodies. They're separated mm-hmm. right now. But you can put them back to a point where you can think a thought like I'm angry, but not necessarily have the emotion overwhelm you. That just makes you kind of incoherent, throwing energy and not enjoying yourself. You can say, this really doesn't, this doesn't work. This makes me unhappy. And here's how we got to redo this without having that emotion really flowing through the body. When you start to put you back together and you begin to have a number of pieces of information about the missing pieces, you start to realize 
the ability to have conversation with the archangelics, with Yeshua, if you wish, or Mother Mary, or many of these great beings, is right now available to you in your space. You see, they never left you. You left. You moved away from the internal guidance system. You moved away from the listening to that alignment in order to play the game. There was no failure. There was not even a problem. But now it's time to go home. And now it's time to kind of recognize, okay, I am capable and I can manage my space. In that place, you begin to recognize I can observe and choose my action. There are no victims. It's a part of the game that people just accept in the I'm not okay. The the book is all about guiding that. The course is all about guiding that. But the book is basically to make you aware of how and what to do. And then the third part is stepping back into that space of higher consciousness and engaging as a spiritual being functioning in a physical body. Yes, yes, yes. There's there's so much to it. And, you know, there's something I want to pick up on that you just said a minute ago that I know um, it, it jumped out to me somewhat early in the book when you talk about obstacles, but it seems so important in terms of, of how we react and respond to what's going on around us. Because I think a lot of people, there are people listening live today, and I'll personally relate to this experience where, um, you know, at this time of year, there are companies hiring, there are companies letting go at the end of the year especially. And there may be people listening today, they had a job, go away, you know. Um, And I'll raise my hand here and say, this happened to me years ago, and I wouldn't even be doing this radio show or any of the work I'm engaged in now if that hadn't happened. And this is what I want to explore. When this happens, anything on our path that um, in the world right now, there are some really um, jarring things going on. I mean, just yesterday, I mean, and, and the day before, I mean, there have been things happening that are, that, that, um, you know, we emotionally connect to um, in the world, and but in our lives as well. So it's kind of a complex question. It's how we begin to work with these experiences. Like, okay, you know, this happened or this door closed. Okay, what is that saying? And, you know, maybe you start to listen and maybe you start to say, well, maybe I didn't want to be in that door. Maybe this is a gift. You know, maybe this is leading me to where I'm supposed to be and, and at a greater um, awareness of what's going on in the world. Like, you know, it can you can get really riled up. I know a lot of people um, who often are very peaceful, getting very riled up about, you know, this is really upsetting what's going on. Okay, so complex question, but so important how we learn to navigate in a way that we respond to what's going on, but in a in a higher consciousness way, and how your course helps us with this. So it's so the the answer is actually kind of simple. You can't take your baggage with you on this journey. Uh-huh. It's really that simple. Now that it's like, well, what does that mean? That means 
here, let me just step back and how do you how do you how did you create yourself the way you are uh, and not good or bad or right or wrong, but how did you do that and the way we came here to have experiences and there's a very fundamental kind of law in the universe called the law of attraction, and everybody goes, "Oh yeah, I know all about the law of attraction well virtually nobody knows about the law of attraction because it's so simple it's very hard to understand the law of attraction so the law of attraction says what you put your attention on i the universe who adores you who will not second guess you will not interrupt your script will not tell you right or wrong who adores you I will provide what you place your attention on. Well, right there, everybody jumps in and goes, well, I wanted the new car, the new job, the million dollars. I never got it. Well, see, the challenge is with the universe and the law of attraction is the law of attraction doesn't understand English and French and Spanish very well. What the law of attraction understands is how you hold your vibration. And... When you have a backpack full of, I'm not okay, I'm not attractive, I don't deserve, they don't like me, you'll never succeed, I doubt myself, that's the vibration you're walking around with. If you listen to people do affirmations quite often, they'll go, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. They could do it 10,000 times. It's the last utterance of sound that says, but... That just wiped out the affirmation. And so when you're carrying this backpack of I'm not okay, the universe simply sees the vibrations you have more attention on. And in spite of what most of us think, I I was embarrassed and I didn't like it and it doesn't feel good and I can't walk around with this anymore. So what we do mechanically is we make a deal with this. We say, you ugly thing. If you never come out into the day again, I will never go over there where that thing happened, where I was embarrassed, laughed at, humiliated. And so I I don't know what to do with this. I'm embarrassed. So I'm just going to put it back here in my backpack, and I'm never going over there by those people again. And, And if you don't jump out and bite me in the butt, everything will be good. And then you forget that you put it in your backpack. You see, thoughts don't just go poof into the air and they're gone. Emotions just don't go away with yesterday and the many yesterdays in your life. They're stored in your backpack. And until you realize this has nothing to do with me, I am capable, I am certain, I am gracious, I am capable of making things happen, until you begin to hold that alignment of vibration, the dominant in vibration, is what you are avoiding in your backpack. And so you can't take your baggage with you on this journey into this fifth dimensional state of well-being and beauty, graciousness, kindness, respect, dignity, gratitude, humility, laughter, co-creation. With no fear, words like safety and trust don't exist in the fifth dimension. There's nothing unsafe And there is nothing to distrust. So the question is, how do you choose to answer your question? How do I choose? Do I choose? And here's the first 
third of the book. Do I choose to step into the feeling of certain, not think it, feel it, gracious, kind, gratitude, seniority, a feeling that says, this is who I am. It's an ownership. It's the internal guidance system. It's you, the spirit, beginning to demonstrate yourself in the physical. So what you're watching in the world is everybody's internal stuff since the year 2012. Ask me if you'd like about that. The operating Uh system of the game changed. Everybody's going home. Everybody's not going home on the same train, and everybody's not going home in the same time frame, but everybody right now is going home. And so if you can manage yourself, begin to discern, choose how you would like to engage, or would you like to continue to argue with, be embarrassed about, throw energy at, impose on those when you don't like them, then that's going to slow down the process and you're not going to like the results. The universe right now is being very helpful. It's bringing a lot of those thought you forgot about in your backpack up to the surface. So when you watch the world, the Donald Trump's making outrageous statements, in disrespectful statements, etc. When you watch wars, you watch Syrian millions of people being displaced and the repercussions, understand all of that is the stuff coming out. So how would you like to manage your stuff? Would you like to let it go so that you don't go through the physicalness of a lot of that? And the process is simply beginning to allow yourself to enjoy yourself. You have never, ever done anything wrong. It's impossible to not be okay in this body. We wear shoes that are too small and shirts that don't fit and they're uglier colors. And that's how we present to the world. But they're not your shoes or your shirt. And that's not the color you vibrate at. That's the distinction between what is in your view of the world and where you have an opportunity to go. You know, what you just said is very powerful because so many of us, Jim, when you talk about what's in our backpack, you know, what have we been taught since childhood? And often, fundamentally, we are told the opposite. You know, exactly. you are you are no good. You know, you are born yes. no good. That's the message. That is the the actual message and that you know that um i you know that nothing i i have even heard you know nothing that you could do could be viewed as good by god you know that's a perception of the world and yet um what what you really feel there's a disconnect there i mean i think that many of us feel this this disconnect like like what? <laughs> and and you know maybe we felt that even as children, but we of course. still have it in our backpack. It's such a powerful voice of you are so no think, good. So think about it this way: Is it possible that a parent would intentionally invalidate, beat up, and impose on their child if they had? kind of their really their own free will and their perspective and they loved that child. No. But do no. they? 
Yes, they they do because I have this higher belief in this book that has been altered significantly since it's been written. And they tell me this is God's word, so I'm going to support God's word. Well, they are the ones who are telling you. And where did they get it? Some They told them. And so when you step back, I'm not invalidating the, the Bible, for example, of which there are now 902 variations because they, somebody thought they could write it better. But that's what's being taught. If you step back, what you're going to start to find when you define your space, when you learn how to be grounded, when you are able to discern the reality, what you're going to find out is most of the thoughts you think and most of the beliefs you hold are not yours. Yes. They are not yours. So if you can step back and say, I should shame my child because they're dancing. Really? I mean, look at the joy and the happiness and the laughter. And you want to shame that child because some book and they, 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 they said, and you don't even know who the they's were. When you get into the space of observing choosing, discerning an action from that internal guidance system, you virtually cannot come down on the side of not loving or the external world's expression comfortably. Oh, you, will, you will do the things you have created habits of doing, but the more you begin to recognize this doesn't feel good, what I just said doesn't, that wasn't very nice. It blurted out of your mouth, but are you going to do it again? See, what happens is most humans walking around are unconscious of being unconscious. Yeah. As you begin to play here where we're laying out all this work, something odd happens. You begin to become conscious of being unconscious. And that's the hardest part of the whole game because all of a sudden your backpack starts to empty out. You start to recognize that I did steal the candy bar when I was five years old, but like, who cares? But I did that. As you don't engage with it and recognizing it really has nothing to do with my life now, it begins to evaporate. You are carrying around, it's like holding air bubbles underwater in a cup and when you begin to become conscious of unconscious, the cups turn right side up. All the air bubbles pop up to the surface, and then they go away unless you grab a hold of it and say, I am really this bad. And then if you want to argue for it, it'll allow you to argue. But when you realize, I, I did that at five, maybe, I don't even remember, but it has nothing to do with me, that combined electromagnetic thought and emotion simply dissipates. And you don't even remember it ever happened because it was an, an event that they put so much attention on, it holds in your space. But to you, it was like you were trying to figure out. In fact, you thought the candy bar wrapper was good, and then you put it in your pocket. Did you know that you were stealing it? You didn't even know that until they said, shame on you. 
and that's what you've been carrying around. Would you like to get rid of it? And that's what the book is all about. Yeah. You know what I find interesting about this, Jim, is that um, somehow when you talk about how we have a voice that we've always known, um, deep down, despite these things that are in our baggies, whatever they may be, there's a part of us that knows no, you know, even from the beginning. Maybe as children when we heard certain, you know, dogmas or whatever. I personally do remember, and even um, I apparently would write notes even in church. Someone surfaced a note that I wrote when I was a child, and I, it had something to do with, with love, it, as if I just wasn't getting it. I wasn't getting the message that was coming. You know, I, I was rejecting. I was like, what? Like I said, you know, this doesn't make sense. It wasn't making sense to my inner compass. And that's reassuring to me because as an adult, and I think many adults, that that place is still there that, you know, there may be these things in the baggage. However, what your book and what these teachings can help us to do is to realize that maybe we've always known Deep down, we've known these things about ourselves, that this baggage isn't real, and that you just help us to reconnect, like you say, to home, to who we are, to who we really are. And weren't we always taught that God was omnipresent, those of us who came from that belief system? What does that mean, omnipresent? How could we be separate from that which is everywhere? Yeah, but that begins to be quite a conflict for many yeah, because <laughs> I believe this and I believe that. And and then the next statement is, yes, but I did steal the candy bar. So trying to come into an alignment with I'm okay from a number of things you've done is a challenge for a person when they don't have a, a template of opportunity to recognize kind of exactly what we're talking about here. And so one of the most painful things I see for people who have grown up in religions particularly is I've done these things and now I have to turn around and what they really say about that internal guidance system, they're saying I have to face God. And I am so bad I can't go back there because I've been this bad. But it's not, it's not, it is God you're facing, but it's you. And so, and there is no, there is no punishment in this space. There is no pointing fingers in this space. The whole process, the game, if it was explained more properly, was go out and have experiences You're going to fall down on your nose in a number of cases. You're going to create something that, oops, it didn't work at all, and there's no failure. It's an oops, one of my favorite words, oops. Take a step back, look at what you just did, and maybe ask some questions. I'm trying to figure this out. What would you do, co-creation? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I get it. I put the plug in the wrong hole. Okay, excitement, and it works. But we're not taught that way. We're taught, get your A's, do it right, do all your homework. You're bad if you get a C or a D, and what's wrong with you? 
you didn't do it as well as the next one, competition. We don't get a chance to explore and fail. It's not even a failure. It's, it's an experience that didn't work. It's like, oh, wow, well, that's interesting. And then step back and reassess. We don't have an educational system, a religious system, a parenting system that really says you're okay. And in the 80s and 90s, we really increased the, we complicated it further by basically telling every little kid, oh, you're okay. Here, we're going to give you last, you're in last place in this sports event, but we're going to give you a performance award. They were never allowed to have the experience of, I'm going to say in sports, a struggle, uh, a loss in a sports game. Being able to realize how to move around things that don't work. Not a failure. It just didn't work. You know, did, did the Super Bowl recently played? One team lost because another team actually did something really good. And But no, they don't say how good it was. They say, oh, you fumbled the ball and you lost the game for us. And But in fact, it was two great teams or two great individuals playing and circumstances played out this way. But when we hold everybody accountable to bad, wrong, you should have, those are the rules, structures of the third dimension, we keep us very trapped in the game. You know, something that I observe often, and you were talking a minute ago about, you know, what comes out of our mouths, for example. And, you know, I have noticed so much, Jim, that we, in our everyday conversations, when something goes wrong, you know, something goes wrong, the blame game begins, you know, and then there's yes. all this gossip, 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 you know, this and that. And and it, it's it's almost addictive in a way. It's so... Um, it, it it takes hold, this criticism and, you know, projecting about this person and that person. And, and what are we really doing? You know, what is it saying about how much we love ourselves and what we think about ourselves when we get engaged in these conversations? And what does it do with our energy? And it's so important for multiple ages. It sounds like just a simple you know, kind of an inconsequential thing to mention, and yet I feel that it's going on a lot. It's going on a lot. I bet everybody out there listening can raise their hands and say, yep, this is going on a lot. And and what does it do to us energetically? What does it say about how much we, what we feel about ourselves? Well, you know, what you're, you're, you're expressing the template of agreement. What happens is when you're told you're not okay, you begin to perceive other people as not okay because you've got to have some level of advantage. That's what we're taught. You've got to get your yeah. A better than the person with the B. And so when you basically combine awareness of better than or lesser than, you and you create this whole habit, which is part of the rules of the game about talking about other people, you find that that just dominates the experience, everybody's experience. Try going through a social set of events without talking about somebody. Even better yet, as you pay attention to it, just notice 
I just spent an hour in conversation with six people. How much productive discussion, informative discussion, interesting discussion did we just have? Or did we talk about she said, he did, and what's wrong with them? And I bet you 59, if not 60 minutes of it dominate in that format. Try to see if you can not have the engagement in those terms. And what you will find is you fall out of the conversation and everybody starts looking at you like, what's wrong with you? Yep. And all you're doing is just choosing not to talk about something or somebody in that context. Most of the conversation is unconscious, it is habitual, it is based on a belief system of advantage and competition, and it is the third dimensional format. So when you begin to interrupt your habits, I said a minute ago, most of the thoughts and beliefs you hold are not yours. But in that competition, advantage, better than, lesser than, you're constantly finding advantage unconsciously. And then you basically position yourself so you fit in. And if there's more of them that are like this than that, like that, that's where I wish to be. All of that is unconsciousness processing through habits created by a belief system. Yes. Yes. I, I love and that. And changeable. And changeable. Yes, you continually guide us to conscious choice. You know, it, it feels to me like if people could could grasp at those two words, conscious choice. You know, it, it we so often forget that we have conscious choice, and and it's a moment by moment thing to remind ourselves. And in that case, it's like you know, don't participate. Don't initiate yeah. it either. Just what is the conscious choice? This happens, whatever this is in your day. What is your conscious choice? And, yeah, but see, and to, this see to do that, guide us that. Yes. Yeah, but in order to do that, you have to be in the present moment. Like right yeah. where we are right now, we can have this conversation right now. But if you... Part of, one of the biggest parts of the game of the third dimension, the box, the rules, is something that we never even consider and would never think of challenging, and that's time. Now, most if you said to 100 people walking on the street, what is time, effectively, virtually 100 people would tell you past, present, future, and then you die. That's what time is. But what happens in the third dimensional game, when you pay attention to people, people live in the past and in the future. They don't live in the present moment in third dimension. They basically are saying in the simplest terms, they told me if I would do these things in my future, I will be successful or accepted, whatever it is. And... I did this thing or I had this experience and I hope I never have it again. So in third dimensional construct, you play a lot in past and future, hope, worry, fear, praying, please somebody. Very seldom do you experience in third dimension 
present time. And when you do law of attraction, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. I hope this doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen. Law of attraction says, hey, no problem. I'll, you know, Jim wants more of the same today. And it happens. In that third dimensional present time moment, it's a reactionary moment. Oh, my God, this wasn't supposed to happen. That's what third dimension timeline plays in. In a fourth dimensional time, it changes. We are very much in a fourth dimensional space right here. We're in present time. We're not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. We are having conversation in the conversation you aren't dominating, I'm not dominating, and there is the word that doesn't exist in the third dimension, choice. Yeah. You have choice in a fourth dimensional space where you play all the time as well as third dimension. In that third dimensional, fourth dimensional space, choice and present time is allowed where you begin to change your reality from what we have been talking about to this fifth dimensional space based on another odd word and the word is paradox and what paradox means is what was true or false a minute ago may not be true or false in this minute and so in third dimension she is always going to be dishonest he is always going to be untrustworthy so when you hear people talking in always and never there's no flexibility there's no opportunity to perceive or change or approach it from a different place, always and never. But in paradox, that man over there in my high school class stole from me and he's a bad person. He's always going to be a bad person. But 10 years later, he shows up on my front porch and I open the door. Third dimensionally, I'll go, I know you. You're never going to be good. Get off my porch. But in this case, I can say I know who you are i recall my memory of you but hello how can i help you and more often than not he says i've been guilty for a long time i stole from you in high school and i have felt so bad ever since and now i took this mastering alchemy course and i have certainty and capability i'm being amused and i've come to tell you i've done this and here's your ten dollars back and I'm so sorry I've created you a disturbance. What just happened is right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer it says, forgive me for my trespasses as I forgive you for yours. It doesn't say when you get your act together, I'll consider talking to you maybe. But what that person just did is he said, I've done this and I can forgive myself and I can say hello to you and I can try to make this as good as possible. And now I hope you have a nice life and I'm going to turn around, dust off my sandals, as it said, and get about my business without the guilt and the punishment that I've been feeling for those 10 years. Yeah. How do you let go of your baggage? It's not guilt-driven. It's simply recognizing I need to do something about this, or in fact, this has nothing to do with me anymore at all. I'm no longer choosing to carry the vibration that the universe lovingly continues to support in my space. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what you just described as well, I mean, I, that the word compassion came to me as you were talking. This is no cold 
reality. I mean, so often it's, it's described in very, um, you know, how all of this works um, is is de- it's not described in a loving way. And and what you are unfolding here is all about love. I mean, it has everything to do with love. It does. And that is what makes it so powerful and attractive because what are we? You know, what are we drawn to? And I know we're we're running out of time, actually, and time. Here we go. You know, what is time? But right mm-hmm. now I guess mm-hmm. we're in linear time, um, even though I always recognize the people listening to us across time, even though still with that perception of linear time. But I want to give you the opportunity Jim, just to to give us some final thoughts, and then also just a thank you from my heart again for for being here. I mean, you it's it's such a joy to interact with you. Um, I I have to say that, and thank you. No, absolutely, my pleasure. So let me finish on exactly the last thing you just said about love. Yeah. Yeah. You see, it's all about you. If if you can't like yourself and you can't enjoy yourself and you can't laugh and observe beauty and feel very comfortable with yourself, loving yourself, it's very challenging to engage in that same experience with others. It's in the others where they love themselves and you love yourself. It's I love me when I'm with you. See, the love is inside. It's not over there. It's in that space where all this work is really about you beginning to enjoy you and recognizing how really great you are, which is what will unfold as you start to journey this trip back home to the heart of the Creator. so much here and I I really encourage the audience to to explore this book a course in mastering alchemy and also um your website um masteringalchemy.com and um just there there's just there there's so much that we didn't even touch upon to this work and yet you you got at the core of it which I'm so happy that you did so um thank you so much for being here, Jim, and, and for the work you're doing in the world and continue to do. Right. Thank you. My pleasure, absolutely, Susan. Nice talking with you. Blessings. Yes. Well, blessings to you. Take care. And to our audience listening live, thank you for being with us today, live audience. I do appreciate that, and I thank you to Blog Talk Radio today for um, surfacing this show. Thank you so much. Um, I always appreciate that. To see this episode, this episode will be highlighted out on the FrontierBeyondFear.com website. That's FrontierBeyondFear.com, as well as links to Jim's work and links to the schedule coming up, which is populating itself. We had... Um, As is often the case in the winter, it's a little quieter for a while, and that gives you all time to explore the archive and take in these episodes in a very heartful way. And I think that's important. It doesn't always have to be all in a rush. 
it's good to reflect on these things. And I invite you to look at the archive. And, in fact, if you look and you search for Jim Self, you will find a previous episode. In fact, I think a couple where he was on some years ago. So I encourage you to explore that. And I will be continuing to unfold what's coming up. I do have an episode with Irvin Laszlo that was recorded that will be coming up next week. So look for that. Follow the show on Blog Talk Radio and you'll get announcements of what's coming up. So thank you everyone for being here today. Thank you to those of you who are now in the podcast for a moment, the recorded podcast, who are listening across time. Your energy has been very present with us today, and I always want to acknowledge that no matter when, however many years in the future you may be listening to this episode or whether it's in the next hour, you are here with us, and I feel your energy. It is a matter of energy and our being together when we come together to explore these topics. So wherever your path finds you today, I hope that you begin to look at the conscious choices that we're all making. May we all begin to raise our awareness and open up to what's next for us. What is there for us to learn next? What are we being guided to do and explore? And how are we experiencing this life in a more playful way. Yes, even with all these things going on in the world. Yes, even with that, how are we stepping into this life and living more fully? Take care, everyone.